0: It is so good to see everyone here today. God bless you, and I hope that you would open your Bibles now to Philippians chapter 4, the last segment that we're going to study in the book of Philippians, beginning with verse 10 in just a moment. But I want to begin with, as I always do, with some kind of illustration that I hope connects uh, real life to Scripture. And I want to begin with a story of a Spanish explorer named Ponce. De Leon, or Ponce de Leon, who was a Spanish explorer. Uh, Many of the history books when I was young would say that Ponce de Leon, the Spanish explorer, uh, discovered Florida. Well, I didn't know it was lost. Did you know it was lost? Needed discovering? But indeed, he did uh, uh, for his country, Spain, conquer a number of places such as Puerto Rico and then he went to Florida in 1524 now think about it that's 250 years before the Revolutionary War so he traveled all of the Caribbean islands and up the coast of Florida Uh, and he is probably best known for his quest for the magic fountain of youth. He had heard from some of the natives in the Caribbean that there was a fountain on an island called Bimini. And if he found that spring on that island, that fountain of water, and drank from it, he would be once immediately transformed back to a young man and he would live forever in all immortality as a young man. Well, that's pretty much, pretty much what people are trying to do in the 21st century, isn't it? Be young again and live forever. But I will tell you, Ponce de Leon died with his dream unfulfilled. He must have been the most hydrated explorer ever because he drank from every spring, every place he could find, he drank from it and was always disappointed that his youthful appearance did not reappear and he did not experience immortality. Well I'm sorry Mr. De Leon but you were looking in the wrong place. Now we have found out later historically that the Indians were merely repeating a fable they had heard from other Europeans who were referencing The book of life and the book of of, uh, Genesis. And is also referred to as we studied in Sunday school in the book of Revelation. So he didn't know they were repeating what other uh, Europeans had said. So his quest went on and on and on but unfulfilled. But I'm going to tell you today you can drink from the fountain of life. In fact look at two scriptures with me real quickly. Psalm 36.9 says, For with you, talking about the Lord, is the fountain of life. And then my favorite passage in John 4.14, which says, For with you is the fountain, excuse me, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to what? Everlasting eternal life. So the Lord gives us the promise of this fountain of life. This fountain that indeed brings forth a new kind of life. Paul the Apostle had tasted from this fountain of life. And I pray that today you too have tasted of that fountain of life. He tells us some of the benefits, not all some of the benefits in Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 26. So I want you to look there with me as we conclude in this great, great chapter. Now we're going to focus in the earlier part, but we'll read this entire section. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at last you have received your care, that you have renewed your care for me. You were in fact concerned about me, but lacked the opportunity to show it. I don't say this out of need, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. I know both how to have a little and know how to have a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content. Whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need, then my favorite verse, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Still, you did well by sharing with me in you my hardship. And you Philippians know that in the early days of the gospel when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you alone. For when... Even in Thessalonica, you sent gifts for my needs several times. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that is increasing to your account. But I have received everything in full and I have an abundance. I'm fully supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you provided, a fragrant offering, a welcome sacrifice, pleasing to God. Then my other favorite verse. And my God will supply... All your needs, according to what? According to His riches, in glory in Christ Jesus. Now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. Those brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you. Everybody says, hey! But especially those from Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit what a personal word what a powerful word as paul concludes this beautiful letter to the philippian church contains a great deal of personal appreciation but it also contains a great list of that which is beneficial to us as believers when we taste of that fountain of life Here we find this beautiful description of that which is experienced by faith in the life of every man or woman, boy or girl, who gives their lives to Christ. The unfailing fountain of life. It's powerful. Well, there are many things. But today we're going to focus mainly on the promise of strength that God gives us. But there are many. I mean, can you think just... I mean, we used to sing an old gospel song... Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Oh, you got to count them because there's so many, but you can name them. And I challenge you to focus on one of those benefits every day as you pray. That God, thank you, I praise you for this benefit that you've given to me, that you've brought to me as your child. It's varied and multi effectual. But let's look at some of the key ones that Paul gives us this morning. First of all, this fountain from which we are allowed to drink, this fountain that we are blessed from which to drink, is the source of abundant joy. He begins by again using the constant phrase that he used throughout the entirety of the book of Philippians as he talks about joy. And he starts off by saying, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly. That now you have done this for me. So his joy comes yet again. It's a deep internal joy. As we said just two weeks ago. It is that why? Because it's joy in the Lord. He, look and see what he says. It's joy in the Lord. The Philippians care for him through this special love offering was the occasion for this expression of joy. And he says, I know you've always wanted to do it, but you've lacked the opportunity. And now recently, you sent this love gift to me through Epaphroditus. always loved that name. No wonder why nobody ever names their child or grandchild Epaphroditus. I think it would be a great one. Y'all need to think about that. Because he was just a minister unto Paul. And he said, I find joy in the support of my friends. And I will tell you, I have been the recipient of that same joy from so many people over the years who've been my friends, who have undergirded me and encouraged me. Paul is making clear that he appreciates it deeply. And he's saying, it's not because I was in trouble. Not because I was in dire straits. Not because I was in any particular need. Because he said, the truth is, I've learned how to be content whether I have a little bit Have a lot, whether I'm hungry, whether I'm well fed. Now, how many of you wrote your name when I was reading that, wrote your name and said, that's me. I've learned that. Most of would say, I think I'm better off when i got a little bit to eat and got a little bit of money in the bank. I think I prefer that over the other. But Paul said, I've learned to be content whatever the circumstance. Oh, I've teased a lot of people. I told someone the other day, Don't mess with a friend of mine. I'm not afraid to go back to prison. Well, I'm just teasing. But you learn to be content wherever you are in whatever circumstance. And he said, that's me. I've learned no matter where I am. I've learned to be content. Most of us aren't that way. Paul's making very clear that he saw this act of generosity as a truly Christian deed. And he was encouraged by it. And so what did he do? He said, I have drunk deep from this fountain. And there is joy in my life. And I ask you, is there joy in your life? Is there joy in your life? Some of you are going to have to confess today and say, there's not much joy in my life. Our Sunday school lesson this morning was out of Revelation 2. One of the most powerful passages to the church of Ephesus. Where... Uh, John the Revelator, quoting the words of Jesus, told us that many of us have left our what? Our first love. We've left our first love. Our Christianity has become dutiful rather than a joy. It's become something we check off the box for instead of something that we live for and love for. Paul said, I have joy in the Lord. And that's the secret of his contentment. That's why whether he was poor or rich, whether he was well-fed or hungry, he was content. I have learned the secret and it's joy in the Lord. Have you drunk from that fountain? Are you drinking daily from that fountain of abiding joy? Paul said it again, I rejoice in the Lord. The second benefit that we see is abiding contentment. The fountain is the source of abiding contentment. We've already begun talking about it in verse 11. But Paul here expresses a serenity, a contentment, that goes beyond self-sufficiency. You see, he dealt with some people, there were some philosophers around that day and time that were called Stoics. And you may have heard of someone who has a Stoic disposition they seem not to be affected by much. You know, are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Can't you tell from my face? My wife has often said, I'm somewhat that way. She says, why aren't you jumping up and down? Well, I am inside. But the Stoics taught a kind of a detachment from emotion. Emotion. A kind of detachment that said, I have everything I need inside of me and I don't need anybody else. I don't need anything else. I find it within me. It sounds much like New Age philosophy of the 21st century. I have found my strength in myself. Paul is not here talking about a self-sufficiency. When he says, I have learned therewith whereby to be content, he is not saying that I have found that great strength that is within me. He is not talking about self-sufficiency. Paul is talking about God-sufficiency. That the God I love, the God I worship, the God with whom I have daily communion, He is sufficient for me. And He's taught me how to be Content In whatever circumstance I find myself, whether in nothing or in all things, I have Jesus. I've read some articles about some of the richest men in the world. And how they lived and how they died. One guy named Jay Gould, one of the richest men in America, said, When he died, I am the most miserable man in America. Commodore Vanderbilt who you know built the great Biltmore House in Asheville, North Carolina, upon his deathbed said, I am poor and needy. He had everything the world could give him, but he died a poor man. Mr. Paul Getty, who at the time was the richest man in the world, died in London, England, died afraid of everything. He was afraid of everything. Had himself surrounded by guards, by fences, by everything that he could have. Because he was always afraid of everything. He died a miserable man. Paul says you need to drink from the fountain of contentment. You need to learn that Jesus is that which brings joy in life and brings contentment to life. And yet many of us live a second class Christianity. When we could have a first class relationship. Are you content? Have you learned to be content in Jesus? I beg of you today to drink from that fountain. Drink from that Jesus fountain. You remember the story, we read it back in the very first part of this message. John 4, where Jesus meets the woman at the well. And she is in need relationally. She's in need of everything. And he just tells her the way it is, oh, you're going to worship in spirit and truth. And that's what I'm seeking. And only that spiritual, honest worship can bring the contentment that we're talking about here. Oh, my friends, don't be satisfied with a second-class contentment when you can have a first-class relationship. But third, this fountain is the source of adequate strength. This, this fountain is the source of adequate strength. You see, Paul could be strong even when he was brought low. And he gives some of the examples here. When he was brought low in humility, or I think King James says, abased, he found strength. When the dark bars of suffering came upon him, and they did many times, he found strength. When death hovered near him, and it did on many occasions, he found strength adequate for the day. Now don't be misled. Paul is not here saying that nothing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. He was not saying that I'm some kind of hero. He was not saying I'm Superman in and of myself. But he said I serve a God who can do everything. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'll never forget, it was decades ago now, we were uh, teaching some people how to be soul winners, and we had a program called CWT, Continuing Witness Training, long ago in another world. And I had a team I was training. It was a, a woman named Pat and a young man. And we would go out and share Christ. And we had some names. We'd go to places. And I'll never forget it. Pat was probably the worst student I'd ever had. I'm not going to give you her, her last name. She was awful. She couldn't remember anything. Couldn't say it right. I told her how to do it. She wasn't doing it right. She was trying. And the way that program worked, you learn a little bit. And I would do all the sharing at first. But then as the semester went on, I would give each of the pupils a little more to do in the visits and she struggled she struggled she really did so it was the last night of the program it was her turn to share everything i said now pat you know we fixing to go to a house there's a mother and three teenage children and you can connect with her because you're a mother of teenage children she said, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. can't do it. can't do it. So we had to stop in the driveway and quote Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. She kept saying it over and over and over. So we get into the house. Here's a mother and three teenage children. Dale remembers this story. Mother and three teenage children sitting there looking at us like, okay. They had visited our church, but they didn't know the Lord, knew not much about Him either. Fayetteville, North Carolina, 100 years ago. So we get started, and I look over at her, and she looks at me like, "Mm -mm, mm mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. So I said in my, you know, I have the gift of mercy, I said, Pat's going to share some things with you right now. And she did. And it was probably the worst job of witnessing I've ever heard in my life. She got scriptures all messed up. She had Jesus resurrected before He even died. I mean, she would just... Okay, maybe I'm slightly hyperbolic in that regard. But it was not the smoothest presentation I've ever heard. But do you think they knew that? No. So that particular way of witnessing, you come down to the end and you say... Does what we've been discussing make sense to you? Well, she said, is there any way that what we've been talking about makes any sense at all? The mother said, yes, it does. The oldest boy, yes, it does. The oldest teenage girl, yes, it does. The other boy, yes, it does. Second question. Would you be willing to turn from your sins and place your faith in Jesus right now? Mama said, yes, I would. Oldest boy said, that'd be like saying no to a million dollars. Yes. The other two said, yes, yes. Well, she's freaking out now. She said, I'm sorry, I don't know what else to do. I said, Pat, yes you do, but I'll, I'll help you, honey. I'll help you. And so that mother and those three teenage children gave their lives to Christ. You say, oh, that's not real. By the way, the teenage daughter later married Pat's son. And they're in a church in ministry, as far as I know, to this very day in North Carolina. Let me tell you something. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's more than just a nice thing to put on your refrigerator. It is the source of strength is in Christ. And he said, drink from that fountain. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul was saying I am independent and strong through my dependency on Jesus Christ. Don't listen, children and young people and adults. Don't listen to this world that tells you that you've got all the strength you need within yourself. That, using a Hebrew word, is hog slop. That is not true. We don't have it within us to really do what we need to do. Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul did not perceive in himself anything good or strong, but united with Christ, he could do all things. And Christ does the same for us. And He calls us to be His missionaries in college, and in the workplace, and in the schoolhouse, and in the neighborhood, and in the family. And what He calls us to do, He enables us and empowers us to do. We see the promise of strength. And yet many of us continue to live a second-class Christianity. We continue to live a second-class Christianity without the power and strength that is available to us through Christ. And many outside the kingdom continue to reject the faith because they just don't see what really they can have. They continue to reject not understanding of the power available to believers. And often it's because they've been watching us and saying, I don't see any power in his or her Life. I believe someday we'll all stand before the Lord and He's going to ask us, Why? Why did you not live with the strength that I gave you? And some of us are going to say, Well, Lord, I've been thinking about it. And He says, What? You've been thinking about it? Why didn't you do it? Some of us are going to say, Well, Lord, There's things in my life I just don't want to give up. And he's going to say, excuse me? What was it in your life that you did not give up that would compare to what I have for you? Really? Seriously? I think some of us are just going to say, well, Lord, I I tried, but I just gave up. I just didn't have the strength. And I can just hear the Lord just moan and say I had all the strength you needed available to you. Listen to Paul, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. One of my other favorite verses is Ephesians six ten. Be strong in the Lord, and in His mighty power. Drink from that fountain. Drink from that fountain. Well, old Ponce de Leon, he died never having found the fountain of life. Bless his heart. Have you found the fountain of life? Do You experience an abundant joy, an abiding contentment, and an awesome power in his name. I ask of you today to come drink of the fountain of life. You may say, well, Pastor, I'm already a member of a church or this church or some other church. I've been baptized. I'm not asking you that. I'm asking if you've ever been saved. Have you ever really drunk of the fountain of life? I'm not asking where you've been a member. I'm not asking your spiritual pedigree. Don't really care. I'm asking you, have you drunk from the fountain of life? I want you to repeat with me the beautiful words from Ephesians from Philippians 4.13. Say it out loud with me right now, please. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? It's true. It's really true. Drink. Drink from the fountain. Pray with me. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank You for Your powerful Word. Thank You that the Philippians ministered unto the apostle. But thank you, Lord, that he was able to point to Jesus as the abiding source of joy and contentment and strength. And God, may we do that in our lives. Lord, help us to give our lives to you even right now. And I pray right now for any man or woman, boy or girl in this place, who's right now struggling with the legitimate decision To drink from the fountain of life. That right now they would say dear Lord come into my life. Dear Lord save me. Dear Lord give me that fountain of life. I submit. I repent. I turn to you. And give you my life even now. Save me Father. I'm drinking from the fountain of life. For the first time in my life. Come into my life. Give me this strength, this joy, this contentment about which Paul has spoken today. And I'll go wherever you want me to go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. In Jesus' name, amen.